0: What's good, what's good, what's good, what's good fans. Wanna well, thank you guys for tuning in to another great week of Voices of the Fans podcast. I'm your man Cam. Got my man Mr. U Mr. Unity, Mr. Euphora, Clevon Steele. What's going on, Cleveland Oh, having a great night, Cam. How about yourself? Oh, I'm having a wonderful night. I <laughs> have a wonderful <laughs> night watching the Wizards uh welcome some chumps into town and smack them around real quick. And now just the Clippers gotta do their thing, kind of finish this off, and, you sure. know, we should, you know, we need to finish the season off strong. We are, we're we already in comfortable position, but we just need to finish off strong. Um, Fans, this is your man Cam, as I mentioned. As always, got my man Young Sam, and we make up voice of the fans. Today we're going to, in this episode, we're going to discuss the NFL current topics. we got the NFL draft upon us. Got some other topics within the NFL, some trades happening. We got Pete Carroll finally comes to the mic and talks about his relationship. We want to get to that. We got, like I say, we got some draft previews today. We're going to talk about uh, the top running backs in this draft. And then we're going to give our top – our top five, or at least I got my top five impact players in the draft. They're going to be non-quarterbacks, but I got my top impact players in this NFL draft that's coming up tomorrow. So we got to get you guys ready for that. We got some NBA topics. We want to know. We, we're going to discuss this later on. Who Who's going to meet the Clippers in the NBA Finals? That's one thing we're going to get out there in the air. We're going to kind of clarify that one. Who's going to meet them in the Finals? Um, Dr. J has some things to say this week. I don't know if you heard Dr. J. <laughs> Dr. J has some things to talk about that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about. That we're gonna bat, banner that around the Celtics. We're gonna talk about the Celtics, man. We're gonna talk about rookie of the year, coach of the year. Get that all out there and the open. Um, and then, as always, fans, we're gonna give you some history lessons this week in history. Talk about some things that happened in this world today, and um, see see what your thoughts are. So Clevon, you ready to do this? Ready to do this, Cam. Let's get down. As I mentioned, Clevon, it's uh week 136 of the Voice of the Fans podcast, April 28th, 2021. It's springtime, is here, right? It's spring again, right? It's here. Man. So Clevon, April 28th, we're gonna use the number 28. And then week one thirty six, we're gonna use the number thirty-six. When you think of the number twenty-eight, who comes to your mind first, or who wore that number the best?
1: Well, Cam, the person that comes to mind first is a a running back that used to tote the rock here in the two hundred six for the Seattle Seahawks, a guy what? named Kurt Warner. What
0: he he shows
1: so yeah, left to the North. Sure the juke, the stop. Start stop was amazing. Person word best though was probably uh, the running back for the greatest show on turf, a guy named Marshall Falk.
0: Kurt Warner was nice. That hes- he that hesitation he had, I mean that hazy step was. There was only a few backs that had that actually that really had that little stop start hesitation. He Kurt Warner was really nice out of Penn State, rookie of the year if I remember correctly. Um, man, him and Ground Chuck, though, that was a mer- uh, match made in heaven, huh? Because he was uh, talking absolutely, to, he, he
1: unfortunately, was, you know, injuries kind of uh, you know, held his career back a little bit, but man, what he gave us, he gave us, he gave us his all.
0: Uh, Kurt Warner was nice, and I and you know, I can say Daryl Green, you know, I can go back, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised, I mean, you, you probably don't even know who Jock Robinson is, you probably. Like you probably don't even know what that is. So I can say, I sure. is, really, for <laughs> real.
1: <laughs> that, real. Yeah.
0: I mean, again, they, they're looking. They're looking for your. They're looking for your. Uh, your guard Disrespectful. card. Disrespectful you know, thing you're saying. Yeah, down, um, Montlake, that's okay. down there in Montlake, they're looking for your uh, ID card. They want it back because you don't rep- oh, recognize, it, recognize it, anybody. It's in my wallet,
1: at, at, at you know, at every moment. So yeah, yeah they want. They,
0: they, they want it back. Yeah, Jack Robinson, man. I, I, I that can't I be the first man. person comes to your mind, though. Come on, now. I was that was the youngest. Come on, now. I was a, I was a young guy when I. I respect Jack. I was. You. I was a young guy. I was a young, guy. Was young guy. That's all I can say.
1: And all that he's done for sports as a whole, uh, you know, giving us his uh, his name. He's one of he's, Nate, he's, but that's
0: he's not one the first. Of the first. Comes to he's not the first. He's one of the first. Let man, me cut say that. Yeah, cut that out, Jack. I met him. I, I met him, actually, um, when, when I was young. When I first started playing, talking shit, you don't know what you're doing, you don't got no skill, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of find out he he's running, toting the rock in a, in a Rose Bowl for the Dub. So, you know, he was one of the first guys I actually met that was a big-time football player. But you're right. The greatest show on turf, Marshall Falk, quite possibly. I can argue he's the best running back alive. Uh, to to play the game, I can I can make that argument. I can legitimately make the argument. Marshall, Fla- Marshall Falk Marshall Faulk was the best running back to play. I can make that argument. Um, there's a couple of people who come before him, but I I can sit down and actually make that argument that he's one of the best. So yeah, he, he's actually the first one. come on, bro. Come come to my mind. And then we think of the number thirty-six man. That's Slim Pickens, big guy. That's Slim Pickens, man. All I can come up with is Don Newcomb and Jerome Bettis, the bus. I, was there anybody else you came up with
1: not with that three six man i i know I, that jerome worth the best he's the first person that comes to mind he has won me uh thousands of dollars uh sports book betting so yes
0: okay he's the okay. first person that comes to mind oh so you went over on on his uh, how much weight he gained every season you went over you always took the over huh I always
1: took the over, but, man, he, he's he's done me a solid so many times, man. He's always the first person that comes to mind. And, and fortunately, I got a chance to meet him in Vegas at the Shaq pool party. One of oh, the coolest wow. kids you ever meet in your life. Oh, oh
0: wow. Oh, wow. All right. At the pool party. So he didn't have a suit on, huh? Yeah. No, he, he was a... real
1: casual that night. Yeah. Hmm.
0: That was abnormal. Um, Cleveland, this week, man. Let, let's start off up there in the northwest, man. Let's start with, with Pete Carroll. When Pete Carroll gets on the mic, oh, nothing. We were never serious about this. We nothing ever was going to happen. Russell, he's he's uh, in the playbook, making some changes. He's so deep in the playbook, he's in a good situation. Why are you just now saying this, Pete? Pete, there was a, the whole story was went on for the last ninety days. Pete, and we just now hearing from you. What, what's up with that? There's some of that's to kind of sound kind of eh, disingenuous, if I may ask. Well, I'm so glad
1: that, that you know, Pete finally came to the podium and, and put all of the rumors to rest, uh, let everyone know what the status of the relationship between the organization and their franchise quarterback for now and for the future. Russell oh, for now, Wilson exactly. I, I
0: just want, I'm glad you said clarify for now. I'm glad you left that up there right there. Did that's you catch for second the second part,
1: for now and for the future, Russell Wilson, yeah, yeah. I, I am so glad that, you know, it just takes time, Cam. You know, these sometimes these
0: it you know, if offenses had nine aren't years. mended
1: right away. It's simply years. that, you know, it It simply is what it is. You know, sometimes things get carried away and misconstrued in the media. I mean, I think oh, you know my. that, Cam. You know Social media has a way of getting its uh, hold on uh, some stories and some issues and just, you know, kind of, you know running away with it you know so so coach Carroll was able to reel that back and let everyone know that the relationship between the seahawks organization and their franchise quarterback russell wilson is as good as ever and hopefully he's going to continue
0: to be that way so the meetings between sierra and john snyder were fabricated is that what you're telling me
1: i'm saying they were greatly exaggerated what they were about i mean you know maybe they you know they went out and got some Starbucks, you know, got a, you know, macchiato and a scone. And, you know, these kind of, you know, kind of talk a little bit, and you know, hey, you know, how about this weather? You know, what's your favorite place to go on Puget Sound? That kind of thing. It wasn't quite as, you know, volatile as other, you know, people in the media were making it out to camp. But, you know, I'm just happy that that Pete Care was able to address that. And, you know, there's no problems moving on. It, was, it seems to be a problem for other people within the media because they wanted all of that drama and intrigue, but unfortunately, it's just not there. And you know, Coach Carroll put a put a stop to all that. I'm happy that he did.
0: Well, it, it's about time. And it, you know, this probably only lasts. You know, well, we got three months into the season, and then three months of the season. So it's probably only another six months before things would be circulating again. And Sierra, we'll see Sierra down there in Miami, like trying to put on a concert or trying to do residency in Vegas or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, There was a big trade, man, went down. We got uh, a couple of trades actually, but we got the draft upon us tomorrow night, as you know, in the NFL, but the Kansas city chiefs went out and said, Orlando Brown, you're not happy. We got a spot for you, big guy. And the Ravens, so are, are you more proud of the Chiefs of making this trade or disappointed in the Ravens giving up their premier offensive tackle?
1: A little bit more disappointed in the Ravens. Uh, you know, the premier player at that position is somewhat unique and, and rare and doesn't grow on trees. So when you have them, um, you should really, in my opinion, try and make them as happy as seemingly possible, unless the relationship is just irreconcilable. So. I thought it was kind of strange that, uh, you know, he got traded to the chiefs, but kudos he to the chiefs say, he, for making he, he that move, say, seeing what happened in the super bowl and seeing how vulnerable they were on the offensive line to upgrade and improve. Um, you yeah, know, that was, that was a win for them.
0: Orlando he, Orlando Brown did voice his displeasure for being on the Ravens said he wanted to, he was looking for greener pasture, excuse me, looking for greener pastures, um, However, you know, I think some sometimes you gotta bring the general manager in. You gotta come bring the wifey in, sit down, and it's like, what do you guys need? Like what will it take to keep you happy? You need more crab cakes or you need a better spot on the on, on the um what do they call it? Uh, shit, I don't have a brain fart right now. The water side? They got a little water side there in, in Baltimore I having a complete brain fart of what they call it. But you need a, a, a better spot? You need a better overlook over the, the water here? What, what is it that you need? Because um, Orlando Brown, I'm surprised they let him go. You know, I'm surprised they let him out the door. But nonetheless, uh, the Chiefs, kudos to them. Like, they, need, they clearly had holes. Uh, they didn't. They let their veterans go. So to bring a 25-year-old Brown in and cost you, cost you, a first and a what a a three and a five, I think. Kudos to you guys for getting that done. Um, that's the Chiefs kind of making magic there. Kudos to them. Another trade we had was uh, Denver Broncos going to get Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I don't. I think it was a good move, first of all, but I don't understand it if they're going to come out today and say he's not our quarterback of the future. Like why go get him if he's not your quarterback of the future? Um, without question, he's the better, best quarterback on the, on the roster. And then if you're still looking to make a, make some move to get into the draft or to move up in the draft and get a quarterback, like that, I don't understand um, that. I really need to talk to somebody out there in Denver and, um, Kudos to them for making a trade. If you're not your quarterback of the future, why even go get him? I, I don't understand that. You got? Can you offer some clarity okay. there? Well, Cam, it seems
1: it, it is kind of odd because it seems like an insurance policy against making a mistake at the quarterback position. It's like if you don't draft the right guy, he doesn't, you know, come to fruition, then at least you got Teddy Bridgewater. And if uh, you know your your current quarterback is not who you think he is going forward well at least you got teddy bridgewater so it's like an insurance policy against who you currently have and a mistake he might potentially make in the draft at least he have some type of stability um, but when you come out and you say well this is not our guy for the future and you're not really even saying he's your guy for the present you're just saying it gives you stability at the position and competition so it's not a ringing endorsement for anybody, but at the same time, you know, Teddy's like, okay, well, 10 mil. I mean, we'll, I'll go there and see what happens. I You know, that that's all he can do. But, you know, John Elway having played the position at a very high level at the highest level he can play it at should know better than to try and, um, you know, kind of be wishy-washy at that position. It just won't work ultimately. So not quite sure what direction that they're going in and, and, and from the the trade and uh, the way that they're kind of going about their business, they don't really know what direction that they're going. So,
0: Yeah, I I was surprised, Um, although, you know, Elway's kind of turned over the reins to uh, some general manager we never heard of, but I'm very surprised at at this move because, like I say, if he's not going to be your guy, like, why do you bring him in to just say, okay, um, you you can compete because – Without, even, without question, he's the quarter, best quarterback on your roster. I, I just don't understand it. And then I didn't understand it even further um, when it was said that uh, they may still go out and get a quarterback. So it was like, come on, guys. What's really going on here? But nonetheless, the Broncos did make a move. And so I, when I initially heard the question or heard about this trade, it brought up the question, who's going to have a better season? Bridgewater or Darnold, who would you? And but since Bridgewater wasn't given the reins to the spot, like that's really uh, kind of an unfair question. But let's say that Bridgewater is a starter and he ends up starting the season, regardless if they draft somebody or not, who would you expect to have a better season, Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold?
1: I would expect Sam Darnold to have a better season wow. if Christian Jackson McCaffrey. Is healthy for the entire season. Um, I don't oh. feel like the Denver Broncos with Melvin Gordon has a sustainable running game, and we all know what Christian Jackson, McCaffrey Phillip, can do. Philip
0: Lindsay. Philip Lindsay.
1: He's not there anymore. No, they 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 parted ways with him.
0: Am I missing that? Where'd he go? Where'd he end
1: up? Uh, I forgot exactly where he went, but they said, "Hey, he was not part of the uh, of the future." And you know, best of luck to you. Philip Philip Lindsay is no longer a Denver Bronco.
0: Oh, well, let me go ahead and check that out. So, you, you say as long as, as uh, oh boy, stay healthy, you got um, Sam Darnold.
1: I have Sam Darnold having a better season. I'm not quite sure how many opportunities Teddy Bridgewater is going to have. Of course, when you have Teddy Bridgewater standing on the sideline, um, your margin for error is not that great. So, I mean, we'll see what happens and we'll see what they do in the draft, but. Um, considering that their defense is not what it was. Uh, Von Miller is not who he was. Uh, their running game is not tremendous. Um, and the Carolina Panthers are implementing kind of a new culture over there with the uh, former Baylor head coach. And uh, we'll see what that up-tempo offense can do. Wow.
0: That's a, – that's a. That's shocking. Did he end up in in Texas? Is he Houston, Texas?
1: Quite possibly the Texans. That sounds that sounds familiar. He went somewhere that needed him, um, where he could be appreciated and wanted. I you know I know he's a Colorado native and was very proud to be playing for the Broncos, but no more.
0: That might be the that might be the best back they had in their uh, franchise history. Oh no! They they did have old boy who who had a, a good season. Um,
1: Sammy Winder, you talking about? No, not Sammy Winder
0: as a no. Houston Texan?
1: Oh, he, oh, I'm sorry, Houston Texans. Oh, he's yeah. the best back in the Houston Texans.
0: Uh, yeah, no, they had the guy who went to Arizona, who they traveled, who they traded uh, from. The guy who got had a bad wrist injury. Um, he went to Arizona last year. They just traded him for the for. Oh, David you Johnson that? you're referring to. David Johnson, yeah. Or David Johnson or who was the other old guy, the vegan running back? David Johnson or the vegan? Um, oh, no. the
1: Oh, Arian Foster is by far the, the franchise's best running back. Yeah. Aaron Foster had some Pro Bowl years. He was,
0: you know. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he had two. <laughs> I think he had two Pro Bowl years. Okay, well, he, he had two. His, that is plural. That is plural. And,
1: and and he got them to the playoffs two times. So
0: yeah, I like him. Okay, so I guess he's not he's not quite. He's one of the better backs that that they would have had, uh Philip Lindsay. Um what do you think about A B re signing with the defending champs?
1: I think it's great for everybody. I was hearing some rumors uh, that Russell Wilson was interested in uh him being at the Seahawks was uh man. I I was not feeling good about it, so I am so glad that someone is taking, uh, you know, the opportunity to sign him. And, man, it's not something we have to worry about anymore.
0: Well, fans, I just want to let you guys know that I that
1: temptation, you know what I'm saying?
0: I I hear you. Uh, Fans, I'm looking at our sticky notes, our running sticky notes tab, and somebody says, even though they bring it back, all 22 of their starters, the defending champs will not make the playoffs. Just want to sit on that one. And
1: stand by that.
0: And we'll, we'll see how that works out. Stand by
1: that. Yes.
0: So, uh, Cleveland, I want your feedback on this. And fans, go check out the article on OGNSC.com. We had a sit down last week with uh, the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers last week. So, I knew going into the interview. Going, going into the conference, like, a week ahead of the draft, he wasn't really going to share a whole lot, right? He was going to talk in circles. He was going to – it was a great opportunity, don't, don't get me wrong, but I just knew a week before the draft, like, he, how much is he really going to say about what they're targeting, how they look at things, and so you kind of had to get creative with the questioning. One of the things that came up was the players that sat out last season for, for it was COVID that we had several players sit out, Jamar Chase is one of them, Panay Sue was another. Like how do you envision how does the, the general manager and the coaching staff, when you're evaluating talent and you have a player that did sit out, how does that look upon you? And you're gonna have to he he said a lot of things and he went pretty he went in depth. But for the most part, as he said, he's not going to hold that against him. You know, if he had a high score on them before last season and they sat out for COVID reason, like, that's a personal choice and you're not going to hold them accountable for making a personal choice. We'll be able to find out if they love football or not. But my thing is, Cleveland, if you love football, aren't you going to play football? That's kind of my novice brain moving around. It's like, if you love the game – like you can't let a season go by without not playing, can you? Sure enough, they did, and, and you know uh, I understand you, you don't want to hold anybody accountable because for their for their reasoning, but um, it would just be a um, not quite a red flag. It would definitely be something we have to address in our one on one sit downs, right? In our meetings, in our Zoom calls, like that's a question I need you a clear answer to. Why did you really decide to sit out, and how and how did you feel about sitting out? What's your thoughts on that? Am I being too sensitive on that topic, or what's, what's your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: you have a little bit of tunnel vision going on, Cam. As as we addressed last week, um, we had a little bit of issue with Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, putting kind of some other things above football and having some other passions and some other you know things that he was involved in and and enjoyed doing, and you know, kind of created kind of this environment wherein um, it seemed like football may not be his number one priority. In the case of the other two aforementioned players that you're talking about, what they were doing was making the best decision for them financially going forward and for their career. Um, there's just no reason from where they were standing because they were clearly the number one player at their position going into the season. Why would you go interject yourself into an environment that is so uncertain you don't know what can happen to you you can end up playing in a seven game season, get hurt, Your stock you know takes a precipitous drop as to you know where it is at present um, and that final year is something that you do because you have to do it. Um, there are rules implemented that says you have to be at you know college for three years before you can go pro So I think they both made uh, wise decisions. I think they both used the time, you know, to make themselves better. I don't think it really um, relates to their passion for the game. I think it relates more to them protecting their brand and their body uh, and themselves as a commodity going forward. You know, I'm a business man, I'm a business man. that's what they were trying to do, and that's what they were able to accomplish, and they will both be top five picks. So I don't think so, it...
0: Well, I the know overall about scheme of things, I don't, things, I don't think it I don't know about both. In fact, I can question that... They will both be top... T- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me let, take,
1: let me take it down to double digits. They will both be top ten
0: picks. Yeah, thank you. If they're
1: not, yeah. whoever has not picked them in the top ten will forever yeah. regret it.
0: Yeah, top ten, yeah. I don't think either one of them going in the top five. Um, But... That's still Clevon. So you said they're protecting their brand. Here we are. Here we are. Um you're in college, you're not even professionals yet and you're protecting their brand. So should did Davion Clowney has set out his senior season or his junior year protecting him? No, there was no there was no
1: pandemic sweeping the globe when uh J- J- Clowney was a senior. So that that's a completely irrelevant type of scenario.
0: It's not. It's not because you use protecting no. your brand. You Whatever your other scenario that
1: you're talking about is not include a pandemic that is sweeping the globe. You have no other example of that.
0: Again, I would have to that would be uh that would be question number two on my board outside of, you know, how is the weather or how is the drive getting to the facility? That's number two. Is like, what's the logic behind sitting out? Because if you have that passion for the game, how could you sit out? That that's where I'm coming from. That that's where I'm coming from. And you're talking about when you're talking about uh, jeopardizing your your draft, your draft spot, your opportunity, your future. Like, what happens when it's week ten and we're five and five and we're on the backside of a blowout here? Are you going to want to sit out, and because you want to get better for next season, like you want to just take a rest because you don't is like? There, the way is there a going is, is there like, a
1: pandemic going on at the same time, I mean, Cam? You got a slight cough and you don't really feel good, slight fever.
0: I mean, you you want keep using the pandemic situation. Uh, I think there was like six hundred. Is there is there a, is there a is there situation
1: where you're going into um, an organization and you have no idea what their protocols are? and what they're going to be able to do to protect the players?
0: Is it that same kind
1: of scenario, or or is it the NFL that you're talking about?
0: I'm talking about – With all those things things in place. Because the
1: SEC didn't have all of those things in place. The Pac-12 certainly didn't have all those things in place. The The NFL has all those things
0: in place. The SEC said we're playing football and we're going to have fans in the stands. So oh, yeah. No, they no, no. <laughs> they, they said that two weeks
1: after the pandemic was at its highest
0: uh, you know, rates yeah. ever. The like, SEC so? said no. Like so? <laughs> we, we got football. We got football. Games yeah. 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 When, whatever happens.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you look up and grab a, a pump of air and fall down and. We'll just get somebody
0: else. <laughs> hey, the NCC said we're playing football. Yeah. So, no, what I'm saying is, is is a situation where now we come in when – when our backs are against the wall as a team, again, no, and, Cam, we're, you're, and we're, we're, five, question, we're, you're, we're, you're we're questioning five, their motivation
1: five. for what they want to play based on the fact that I they shot out of a pandemic. I am. Pandemic. That's I, not I am. I am,
0: I am. Yes, terrible. I am. You're right. I am.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, should not, you should not hold them at fault for that. What 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 is the benefit of being the number one receiver going into a season with a pandemic going out and going out there and getting COVID and then four games later coming back from having COVID and getting hurt and falling to the second round? What is the benefit of that? So every because because of, of your love of the game,
0: no. So, so you just using, cost
1: yourself like twenty million dollars.
0: So you so you're giving the COVID excuse for anybody that wants an excuse.
1: Is that what you're calling yeah. it
0: now? 685 players played. 685 other players decided, yes, uh, I love the game enough. I'm suiting up. Suitin up.
1: And how many I of think, them were top five picks?
0: Well, there's there's five. Uh, there are five players that's going to get drafted above the Buffer So you're, that a, you're only played talking about five
1: that, that actually potentially played the of the 660 that you're talking about. And I don't even know where you're getting that number because that number sounds extremely low. There was thousands of players that played college football. Even better. I was being modest. I was being modest. But but them not playing college football, it has nothing to do with them not having a passion for the game. Those are not not
0: mutually. I need some convincing. That's all I'm saying. I need some convincing on, on that matter. And now again, that would be people parcels. I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry they're not all they're not all night, you know,
0: <laughs> hey, playing I mad
1: did, and you know, running through plays, you know, in I, I, sleep.
0: yeah, I, yeah, yeah, they're played by the pandemic
1: going on, yeah, and they're a top five
0: They don't have uh, they made on a on wise business
1: decision, see. and I'm and I don't condone either one of them for doing what they did
0: again. When I go into The next season, the rookie season, and it's week 11. Our team is 5-5. and It's rainy. It's cold. They're in Philadelphia. We're down by 12 points. Are they giving it their all to continue to play, or are they going to say, man, let me stay on the sideline. I got an ankle injury. Let me get to the locker room because they don't want to be in the cold, in the the, uh, rain and sleet out there, given that they're all trying to get a W. That's what I question. And by okay. Well, that, Cam, here, here's here's
1: two reasons you shouldn't question that because one, they've reached their ultimate goal, which is the National Football League. Exactly. Number I one, know, and, another, and number two, reason, right? Another reason. Um, so now they've
0: they, not they – it all. They they're, got their the decision
1: making shouldn't be regarding whether they're going to live or die, and what and what their health situation could potentially be playing in the I, game.
0: I I, I don't. Uh, I understand. Well, let me say, it. I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm just thinking about when what happens on game day, week 11, week 12, wh- when we when we really need you to dig deep. But Cam, nothing in. happens. You, you you're questioning
1: their ability to dig deep because they sat yeah. out of a pandemic and they were <laughs> top five picks. You're questioning their passion for the game because of that, and that's that's completely wrong.
0: Well, they were top five picks prior to, so if you keep bringing that up, like th- that didn't change. Prior, prior to what? Prior to the pandemic? Yeah, they were. Yeah, so so you bring
1: that up as so. so playing for difference. the pandemic, clearly jeopardizes that.
0: A plan for the their no, health. So the, okay, the, the way the schedule so why, is playing so, out. So, I mean, so what so is tell it tell that you're this. talking about? So tell me this, Najee. Did you hear the story, Najee Harris, drive from Atlanta to? Um, Alabama to support his players during their pro days. Did you hear this story? No. He missed he, the flight, got delayed, canceled, would have, would have you. He had nine hours to get there. He go rent a car, gets nine hour, uh, gets in the car, driving nine hours through the storm to go. Not practice. Najee Harris is going to be the first running back drafted. We we agree on that. He's he goes. He's rushing to get to Alabama's pro day. Just to support his teammates, just to show them I'm in the house, I got your back. He 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 drunk, went through nine hours of sleep and storm from Alabama or from Atlanta to Alabama just to support his teammates. That's a commitment. That's the type of team player or guy I want on my squad. Versus a guy who says, "Ah, uh, this pandemic." You know, I could get healthy. I could get sick. I may not get sick. I don't want to take the chance of risking my future and or getting sick. I'm a sitting out the season. I want somebody who's going to be in the foxhole with you come hell or high water, come pandemic or not. That's the type of team. That's the type of teammate I like to play for. That's the type of player I want on my team. That's what I'm saying. So there, the fact that there were number one draft picks or the top five, top ten prospects last season, fantastic. Come back and show show us how good you are. Dominate this league. Dominate this league like Devontae Smith did. Dominate this league. Dominate college football and prove that you, regardless, you're going to overcome any obstacle to be the best you can be. That's all I'm saying.
1: That's okay. Well, I, I certainly hope the Miami Dolphins don't end up with Chase Urshel. And and, and and from what the way you're talking, I I, I know you hope they don't end up with any of those players either. We're gonna have this. Those cats just don't wanna play.
0: In, in fact, in fact. And your
1: question, their motive, their motivation and their heart, I mean, I hope neither one of those players ends up with the Miami Dolphins.
0: So check this out. My next question, Cleveland, is how the Dolphins are gonna screw up this draft? We got the number six. Well, six. Well, well, well <laughs> we hopefully got another... it's not by drafting <laughs> Chaser
1: Sewell. I hope they don't screw
0: it up like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope goodness. they do the right
1: thing and go with uh, Smith that played all the games and want to heisman. I hope they go that route
0: because he wants Man. somebody that's
1: going to sit out where there's a pandemic going around the planet?
0: Check it. So check it. Oh man, this is this this is tough. I, I hate hate to even speak it in the air, but I gotta be honest with you. Um we want we want Jamar Chase, actually. I hope I'm hoping. Let's kinda of give our, our mock draft at uh, least his number six. We know Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Wilson, we understand going to the Jets, which I think is a great pick for the Jets. I think it's a great pick. You you get this project to by the time three years, by the time he's ready to be any good, he's going to be so beat down by the Jets that he's not going to be any good. I love it. Um, number three, I think the I think the Niners are going to draft the quarterback out of uh, Alabama. Um, we know he's not exciting. We know he doesn't have the second second gear, the mobility to get out of trouble. Um he's a pocket passer. And I told you before, he's on the realm. I'm not saying he's Kirk Cousins, but he's in that Kirk Cousins mode. Game manager. Makes the throws and just he's just a steady Eddie game manager. That's what he is. And that that's gonna help them out. They they run the ball a lot anyway. They run the ball, play good defense couple passes here and there that you're going to ask them to make, and apparently you can make the throws. So Matt uh, Brown, uh, that's who I think they're going with. Number four, I hope the Atlanta Falcons take uh, pits. I'm really hoping that they take pits. Don't dick around and... Matt Ryan has a couple more years left, even though they want to trade him. Have, have, have you guys picked up the phone to call Julio Jones? Have you guys made that call yet?
1: No, we're okay. We're okay at wide receiver. Thanks for asking.
0: You okay at committed, wide receiver? Committed to, the, committed to the running game and, you can't, and, and, and don't and don't need the uh, Ferrari. That's, a, that's, a, that's why Russell wants out of there. That's why Russell wants out of there. Wait, could you imagine what – now you got two big, tall receivers and the little um, – Scat receiver and Rocket locket Can you imagine that offense? when well, let Russell cook. Oh no, you can't because you don't want to use Russell. No, you hey, can't because you okay. want to. You, you don't want Russell to do a thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Julio Jones not on the thing. radar.
1: It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't.
0: You don't want speak. Russell to do a thing. That's that's the problem. that's why Russell wants to get out of town because you guys don't want to let Russell cook.
1: As you heard Pete Carroll say earlier, Russell Wilson is just fine here in Seattle. Thanks so much for asking. But Julio
0: would. That's kind of surprising that Julio was. He, they even talk about moving them. But they got Julio, they got um, Ridley, and then you put the guy in the middle. I mean, that offense is, is wide open again. So I hope they really take him because then at number five, I think um, you talked about one of those two guys going in the top five. I think Sewell, I would like the Bengals to take Sewell. I hope the Bengals don't decide to reunite Jamar Chase with uh, Joe Burrow. I hope they don't do that. I hope they take Sewell as a lineman. If for me personally, in the Bengals situation, I get Jamar Chase. However, I think that I hope they go Sewell so the Dolphins can get Jamar Chase. Um, I rather they get him than Pitts. I don't. I don't want that. Pitch is good. You
1: guys need you guys need a, a Waddler or Devonte Smith, somebody that's committed to football, that's going to play all year round, no matter what's going on. I mean, you don't want to have to question so their a, mindset or their heart or their dedication to the game. So I don't really understand why you would want Chase on your team.
0: Because given right. a, given all of the because he's the, the best receiver, he's the best receiver in the draft. Like I said, I just wow. want to answer. I want those questions answered. I want you cannot, those questions. You cannot do it. Cannot,
1: cannot do it. Cannot do it two two ways, Ken. No, on, no, I didn't,
0: did I say I didn't want him? That's, that's what I said. I want, that's what I, I
1: said. That's why he sat out. Listen, and now listen, you're saying listen, that's
0: listen. that's why I want him. Listen. But you just said that for said, 20 minutes why you listen. don't want this dude? I didn't say I didn't want him. I said I want. We I gotta sit to down this. with you. Hey, we hey, need hey, to have hey, this. You know discussion. because son. <laughs> Do you really want to play this game every day? <laughs> that's exactly it. You, now you now you know what I'm talking about. Get out, get out, dude.
1: You're not getting him. I need you to just have jinxed them. You're not getting them. You're okay. getting Devontae right. Smith. You're getting the Heisman Trophy so listen, winner. So listen, so listen to the, you're listen. Getting the, you're getting the Alabama Crimson Tide national championship just because you jinxed them like that. That's okay. Because Smith, he gets he gets. Well, well, well then, well then be okay. That's
0: okay. That, then. That's okay.
1: But yeah, are not getting Chase.
0: Chase, Chase, Chase will be probably better. You're not getting That's Chase. It. You're
1: not getting Sewell. Uh, just, I, I,
0: just, I don't. I don't want poison building on this show. I don't. I don't. You know? I don't I don't want to, we Can't. drafted, we drafted Can't. five linemen last Can't. season. We, you I don't just poison pilled it. it on the show.
1: You won't Perfect. get one of the, Perfect. one of the two all pros of uh, next year. Call you guys
0: show. Steven to make sure it doesn't happen. Okay. Call you guys Steven, make sure that doesn't happen. That's all I got to say. Um. So what I've heard, and I just don't know, and I kind of respect the guy I heard it from, but it just made me sick to my stomach that. If the Bengals did not, if the Bengals did take Jamar Chase, Sewell would be available to them, and they would actually consider taking Pene Sewell at the number six pick. Or trade that pick and move back and then get to eight or nine, because if if he does take Sewell, that means that uh, Jones is still out there available, right? So if they trade them back to eight or nine, then they can still get Pene Sewell or um, Smith, the receiver out of Alabama. I don't want Sewell. I don't want them trading no more. We need to get the receiver at number six. And we need the running back at number 18 somebody also said in another mock draft that i saw that they're looking at a defensive end an edge rusher at number 18 it, it, this is making me sick to my stomach who is watching these games who's looking at the roster when do you put a running back in this lineup when do you do this you let a running back slip right through your fingers when you went and draft drafted your in your third pick a number one last season you let a cornerback nobody's heard of you drafted him at the number 29 pick when the Swift, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, I think, who went to Detroit, was right there at, waiting for him, waiting for you. I think he had on um, some orange and green shorts on, waiting and ready to board the plane, and you guys didn't dra- – you drafted a a cornerback who played three games, four games I think it was last year. I just want to know that if they don't – that's how they can mess this up, by drafting Sewell and then getting a defensive player at 18 or moving around, doing some machination like that, and not coming out of this first Thursday, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, with their running back and the receiver, that's how they mess this draft up. What say you, Cleveland? Uh,
1: no, after listening to you, Cam, they mess, they mess this draft up by drafting Chase or Sewell, if they're available.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want Sewell. I, I don't want Sewell. Okay, so well, we'll see we'll see. A lot of people didn't goes. want Anthony Munoz either. No, I'm not sure about that. He did he did drive, but Anthony Munoz. A lot of people
1: didn't want Walter Jones either. I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't want Jonathan Ogden either. I mean, it just depends, you know.
0: So we drafted you, five linemen. If he's last not year.
1: for you. then he's not for you, Cam. Don't he, worry about it. Do something he else. Devonte Smith is there. We need a running back and receiver. Would Get you the, agree? Get Devontae Smith and then go back and get get Sermon. You know, do do something no, like no,
0: that. Oh, no. look at you. The, the, now you really do something some like poison. that. I mean, now you know, do what you, you can put do. It, can man. Put some poison in the water for real. Sermon. Come on, man. What is... <laughs> Talk about a one hand wonder. You got, two, okay. you got two Husky
1: running backs down there right now. I don't see what you're complaining about.
0: Because neither, oh my goodness, neither one of those guys—and you know it too—I don't know what you just keep bringing them up because they're huskies. Neither one of those guys are bell cow. Take it to to the house. uh, Phone home to mom. You—we got a running back. Neither one of those guys are, and you know that. So uh, don't you—you can quit having that conversation because you know that already. So what? Chris Paul trying to rough up my guy, huh? Chris Paul trying to rough rough up my guy. We're not having it, man. We're not having it tonight. Best top five running backs in the top five running backs in his draft. Do you have any argument with Najee Harris being number one? Travis ATN. who's a dual threat out of Clemson, dual threat running back. Um just these time, these guys' time surprises crap out of me. Um he plays faster than the four four, but he they get a four four forty. Um Javante Williams, the two, and Michael Carter kind of, I think they're three A and B actually. Um, Javante Williams, quicker than, they're both the kind of identical backs, quicker than fast, compact styles, um, and tough to tackle. They're both the, I, not, it's hard to tell either one of these guys apart, the running backs for North Carolina. Um, the guys who put up, I think, 600 yards rushing against my Miami Hurricanes. Did you see that last season?
1: I did. That
0: was, that so, was brutal. Um, but it's a lot
1: of uh, of uh, Cadillac Williams and uh, Ronnie Brown down there yeah, in, yeah. Uh,
0: in yeah. Auburn that
1: one season. It was it was brutal. But, yeah.
0: Um, Ronnie Brown ran a 4-3 though. These guys are at 4-5, 5 True. Like, I'm just
1: saying the the running back production from two people in your backfield was kind of devastating.
0: Yeah, but these guys, I mean, they're good. They're just they're quicker to fast in that concern. And so they don't have the breakaway speed. I mean, it's it's hard to say they don't have the breakaway speed when they ran through Miami the way they did. I think each of them had 200 yards rushing. They both two in that single game. Each of them had 200 yards rushing. One guy was close to 300 yards. Um, but running a four-five, like they were quick, they can get through the holes quickly, and they're tough to tackle. That's the best thing about them. They catch it out the backfield, um, but they just don't have that breakaway speed. Um, so that's top uh, three and four, and then Trey Sermon. You know he blo- exploded on the scenes in the in the NCAA, NCAA um playoffs, but he's another guy. You got to ignore his his uh, ignore the numbers. He ran a four-six-two. Forty, like Cleveland, you probably run a four six two today in, with your bad hip. Um,
1: four five nine. Thanks for
0: asking. Yeah. Th- th- there you go. This, you see exactly what I'm saying. Um, but he did have a big game in the in the playoffs. So uh, the championship game, not so much, but the playoffs, he had a big game. So you know, I kind of I would shy away from him. He has to be a third day, um, a third day pickup but that's the top five backs. So I have them. Do you have, is there anybody I missed in there?
1: No, man. And like you said, uh, Najee Harris, you know, at the top of that list, you know, maybe, the, maybe the Dolphins can get them and, you know, he can replicate that production of, uh, you know, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacey and TJ Yeldon
0: in the league. Oh. <laughs> oh, is that where you're going to go with these guys? Is that, Richardson, Eddie Lacy, that's where you want to go with it. You ain't right for that one. You was not right for that one, Cleveland. Just saying. Oh, that's a – what a low blow, man. On that note, fans, we're going to have to take a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some NBA topics. Cleveland, I want Cleveland to tell me how – what those Wizards did tonight. Did they they play tonight? The Wizards, who did they beat? He,
1: he don't watch, know fine. watch, look it up, Cam. Let me know. We can, we can, uh, you know, chit chat about it when we come back from from the break, if, if you like.
0: Yeah. Okay. If you're, still,
1: if you're still inclined, I I have no problem talking about it. It's up to you.
0: Oh yeah. We, were you gonna talk about it? You had no choice. Okay. So. Well, cool. Well, cool. You let's no, talk about you it. You had no choice. You had no choice. Okay. Have to talk about it. Yeah. So when we come back, we're gonna talk about the NBA topics. We got a bunch of topics on the on the roster for you guys. So let's take a little break here, Cleveland. So, Clevon, let's talk about this NBA action. You see the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic go for 39 over the Golden State Warriors?
1: Uh, they definitely were letting out their frustrations of losing to Sacramento previously um, out on the Golden State Warriors, and they did not let up for one minute. It, that, that was an ass-whipping.
0: Um. So any talks of Stephen Curry being the MVP, all oh, that's out the window, right? That's over. No, now. no,
1: that's that's still quite legitimate, and especially if he leads his team into the playoffs, given what they've been able to go through and the adversity that the Golden State Warriors have had to endure over this season. So, no, that he is still a legitimate MVP contender right now.
0: Well, he's he's so you want to make him top six in the MVP race? Is that what you want to do?
1: I believe last week that 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 we had him in the top four, but yeah, sure. At least on my list, I, I forgot what your list looked like. It was kind of ridiculous, but yeah.
0: Did You have him in front of James Harden.
1: Yes, I did on my list. I did on your list. I believe he, you did not. But that's see,
0: man, see, I don't even. I mean, for some fans, want to end the show right now? what you say he's he's on a he's on the MVP list in front of James Harden? Yes. Come on, you're crazy. You you you're out of here. you're out of your mind. Come on, you're out of here. I'm gonna move on here. Celtic loose to the Thunder. Three losses in a row. They're now six and four in the last uh, ten games. Six seed, six seed in the East. Disappointed season. Is this more on Brad Stevens or Danny H? Who would you say?
1: Um, I think that's a little bit more on Brad Stevens. I think Danny Ainge has given him enough pieces to work with, um, considering that this is pretty much the same team that went to the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals last year. Or was it even the NBA or the Eastern Conference finals last year?
0: No, it was uh, um, semifinals. Yeah. But they had some big men. The, the big men they had are gone. Tice? Tyson, they replace him with,
1: uh, they replace him with, uh, does uh, not make the difference. What it really comes down to is that Kimber Walker is who we thought he was and not anything more. So he doesn't really bring anything to the Celtics other than volume shooting and, you know, athletic ability, but he's been injured most of his career and quite a bit of the season this year. Um,
0: so do, no so Kyrie would-
1: Irving, no, uh, Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier, no Isaiah so, Thomas. I mean, they don't really have anything to kind of. So know, all of all of those three
0: guys, up. all three of those guys, walked out the door with nothing in return. That you just mentioned, nothing in return Correct. for all three of them. That hurts your squad, man. That hurt. That really hurts your squad. You let um, Horford, you know, who's who's about our height. You, although he played, he played this hell out of the. Uh, center position you let him go down to Philly in your competition although he hasn't been a big impact for them he was a big impact in in for you guys for that for their squad nothing Very in true. return nothing in return um i think it's more on danny ainge than anything else i got to blame danny ainge for making these roster moves that he made um and if you just think about it like 3 or 4 years ago he he's the one that had it seemed like they was doing the okc thing We're just rock up all these draft picks, and then now looking back a couple years later, you have nothing to show for it because they don't have the draft picks. Um, Now they can't make the trades. All they got is Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart is kind of over the hill. Um, And as you mentioned, you pick up Kimba. Kimba's not giving you the production that you wanted. So what do you have there? You have Brown and Tatum trying to go for 40, 45 every night. And they're not ready for that um, expectation, so you're kind of in trouble there. I I think that's more an age. Who do you credit? See if you give. Who do you credit for the Hawks' recent success? They're seven and three over the last ten games, fifth seed in the East, and twenty and seven since Nate took over. Um, Trey Young is averaging career highs, 25.3 a game, nine assists a game. Who do you credit for their success?
1: Oh, man, Clint Capella is the, is the, is the dude that makes it happen over there. You know, Clint I Cappella. mean, some of, some of his numbers, I mean, if you just saw the numbers and didn't see the name, you, you wouldn't think Clint Capella was behind those 22 and 25 and four block type <laughs> nights. I mean, he's doing what what much more than they anticipated he was capable of doing, and um, certainly gives them an anchor there uh, in the middle, and allows uh, you know Trey Young to get second shots and um, have that kind of volume type of uh, success, and you know, kind of be, you know basically being the Steph Curry of the Eastern Conference over there. So I give a lot of credit to Clint Capella for that.
0: Clint Capella, he says, not Trey Young, not uh, Lemon Pepper Lou, not uh, Bogdanovich. Um, Wow, he went deep with Clint Capella. In fact, Clint Capella was doing the same things in Houston, like playing with James Harden. He was rebounding, catching lobs, cleaning up the glass. Um, He was doing that thing in Houston, and I don't know what – Why in God's name Houston decided to let him go? Well, excuse me. I know why they let him go. They let him go to let Russell get to the paint. Um, But it didn't really help them in the long run. That's the type of player you don't let go, I I would think. Um, But they're climbing, man. They're looking good. I think Nate's done a good job since he went in there. Maybe he recognized, hey, let let this Clint get off a little bit. Um, So good job there. Clevon. if the NBA draft was tomorrow, who'd you draft first, Stephen Curry or Kyrie Irvin? Steph Curry. Without question. Without question. Did it have anything to do with uh, you being a, a round earther?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> that, 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 does, that does play a little bit of a, a contributing factor as to why I would draft Steph Curry, yes.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting. I mean, I don't I, I totally disagree with you, but it, that's interesting. Um, the Nets are leading the Eastern Conference. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Did you notice I that? I noticed. The, I the noticed. Nets are number one in the East. Like, is it is it time? I mean, we, last week we've we've already eliminated any challengers for the Western Conference title. Any, are we ready to eliminate any challengers for the Eastern Conference title? We just want to say, Adam Silver, let's go to the finals uh, and start in the playoffs. Let's just start the playoffs with the finals: Brooklyn Nets versus Los Angeles Clippers. Are we ready to say that already?
1: You know, Cam. At present, I am I am not happy with the way some of uh, the other Eastern Conference teams have been uh, responding to adversity. Most notably, the Miami Heat. Um, I am not really happy with the way the positioning is going to go down at current. At present, the way it looks in the Eastern Conference, it looks like uh, the Brooklyn Nets' path to the NBA Finals is a lot smoother than it was a few weeks ago. But again. You know the chairs haven't stopped moving, so we don't know exactly what we're gonna what we're gonna see. But at present, um, the way it's shaking out, uh, their second round match will be the New York Knicks, and that's just not a very formidable opponent. So they basically could get to the Eastern Conference Finals without really playing anybody. So uh, you know, a lot less wear and tear on Harden and Irving. And Durant,
0: go ahead and say it. And Durant is back. You you see what he's doing.
1: So you know it, it looks it looks a lot more like smooth sailing um, than it did previously. <laughs> and and I, I I am sure I am sure you're a little bit more robust about your thinking. They can just just sweep it on through, right? I think I already told you that. I, I thought, okay, beautiful. I that so I said, so I them. Okay, I said that weeks ago. That is the only good thing that has come out of that. This whole thing is that 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 is still on the on the docket. man I mean, sweet. I, I said that weeks ago. I'm trying yeah, to beautiful, ask. Beautiful. I'm, I'm really asking. And, are you? And have with, you come and around? With every day that they're still in first place, you probably feel more and more confident about that. So that's great.
0: I mean, I didn't. We didn't need first place for that to happen. I mean, first place was just, uh you know, that's icing on a cake. I thought okay, Philly well, would be I able mean, to hang out. Know, just,
1: just more opportunity for good eats and good drinks for me. So you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, who is your uh, coach of the year so far?
1: Oh, it would be Glenn Doc Rivers, coach of the year. Glenn Doc Rivers. Yeah.
0: Wow. After shitting on him all all off season, you you want to give him a coach of the year award? Yes. Mm-hmm. What about Quinn Snyder? You heard of that guy? Done a great job. I I has his team number one in the West.
1: Yes, they are. At, at present, I mean, you know, they're 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 barely holding on, but yes, they are.
0: What about Monte Williams? Monte Williams. Don, done, fan- t- done a fantastic t-
1: job over there in Phoenix. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, they look like they're about to beat the Clippers right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, put your put your chin about the floor, man. Come on now. Come on, man. No, don't be all like that about it.
0: I mean the Clippers are this will be the just they'll be two and one if they lose this game. This, 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 will, be be their, this will
1: be their first loss since uh since December the sixth. I understand, but I'm just saying no. I still think that Glenn Ravens is the
0: coach of the year. Wow, I wouldn't have went there. He's not even on my list. I got Steve Nash before him. That's too bad, huh?
1: So that's too bad.
0: Okay, what about your rookie year? Slamella Ball. Even though he's been out for the last 10 games? Yep. Really? Anthony Edwards T- done Anthony Edwards done nothing to impress you during this time Alonzo Ball's been out. No, not really. Tyrese Halliburton has done nothing to impress you. So I think Tyrese Halliburton is shooting forty percent, man.
1: Halliburton is cool. He's, he's cute. But
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. so he's played about sixty percent of the games and you ready to give him the the rookie of the year? Yes. Wow. Was that, that, that gap was that big, huh?
1: Gap was that big.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. I it'd probably be Anthony Edwards. How could sneak in there, but I think it's gonna be Anthony Edwards. Um uh, what uh did you hear what Doc Rivers had to, or not Doc Rivers? Did you hear what Doctor J had to say this week about his top it, ten lists? Enlighten
1: me. Enlighten me about Doctor J's words on the top ten. His, his,
0: well, he, it wasn't top ten. It was his first team and second team. He had Oscar Robinson. You heard of him, right? I have. Yes. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. You heard of these guys, right? Yes. That's his first team. Okay. His second team was Magic, Michael, Burr. He had Carl Malone, the mailman, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his second list. Not one mention of your guy, either of your guys, Kobe, LeBron, AI, not one mention of those guys. What you think of Doc- Dr. J's list?
1: Um, I think it totally makes sense from the perspective that it's coming from uh, Julius Irving. I mean, you know, sports is generational, and it certainly is for him as well. I mean, how Kareem can't be on that that first team is uh, a little bit mystifying. How the only six nine point guard to ever play, uh, you know, professional basketball is on that list—that's a little odd. Um, you're you're missing Michael Jeffrey Jordan. That's a little odd. I didn't hear Tim Duncan, but at the same time, you know, Wilton Bill. How are you gonna go wrong with that, right? Right, Elgin. To me, Elgin how are you Elgin. How you gonna go wrong with that? How are you gonna go you know wrong with the walking triple double, and how are you gonna go wrong with the NBA logo? So I certainly understand where he's coming from, and having played in you know the errors that played against those players, I mean, can do nothing but respect his opinion for it. But as you can see, it's a little bit skewed.
0: That's that's from the greatest, one of the greatest players in ever, one of the most iconic players ever. He didn't even put himself on a list. You don't think he knows the game well enough to disseminate generations?
1: Cam, I, I love Dr. J, man. You know, we, we grew up watching Dr. J. We grew up with the rock the baby to sleep. We grew up with the, you know. How the, the doctor operates, you know, underneath the basket. But, dude, that dude, c- could he shoot or dribble?
0: Could he shoot or dribble? Yeah. What do you mean? He, he used to take the ball coast to coast on cats. You forgot all about that.
1: You, you forgot about that. I'm sorry. That. Let, let, let me reiterate. Did he have handles? Uh, surely he could dribble. I mean, he's Dr. J. That's not what I'm saying, man, but. He's not oh, taking you out. Oh. He's not taking you out to 20 feet and he's oh. not crossing over on
0: you. Listen to so, this guy. Listen to this. Now you don't want to. I have
1: a Dr. J jersey hanging in my closet right Listen now Listen to this guy. I wear it religiously.
0: Listen and to I, this And, guy. I, and yeah. I
1: respect his opinion, but you know just from what you're saying how inaccurate that is, right?
0: How inaccurate, what? That he went coast to coast?
1: No, the, the first team and second team. I mean, it doesn't. it, you would have to merge that a little bit, right?
0: No, I'm listening. I'm going with Doc. Doc's word at it. Doc knows more basketball than I do. So if you okay. want to say he want to say Mister Triple Doubles, all right. Is well, I mean, hey man, if you one, want to leave
1: Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul Jabbar off the all time list, and that's up to you, man.
0: No, he got him second team. Second team. He 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 has him second team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I, I will say it again if you want to leave Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar off of all NBA first team that is entirely up to you
0: how, how would you? because
1: you are a Dr. J and I do see what your first team kind of looks like I'll respect it to a point but just to a point
0: wow even this guy sitting on Dr. J I wouldn't expect that out of you I wouldn't expect that out of you Mr. Clemon. I expect you to have some reverence for Dr. J. In, in uh... as
1: I said, as I said previously, Cam, I have a Dr. J. jersey hanging in my closet right now. Nothing but respect for Julius Winthrop Irving. But if you have a list of all NBA first teamers and it doesn't have Kareem or Michael Jordan on it, there's something wrong with that list.
0: Okay. 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 Right. So, uh, are you? So no hard feelings with LeBron not being on the list. That's no hard feelings with like LeBron me. not being on it. On first person, that's, like, that, that's, no like that's what it no sounds like to me.
1: No hard feelings at all with
0: that. Okay. All right. Well, Clewon, we're going to take a little break here, man. When we come back, um, we'll get to our rankings next week. But when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, this week in history, man. This segment that's uh, taking the nation by storm. We're going to talk about uh, the in- most impactful players in the M- NFL draft coming up. Then we got some general topics that we're going to get to. So let's take a break here and we we'll get to these topics here shortly. <laughs> Hey, fans, one thank you guys for tuning into our voice of the fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host and myself, you're going to hear my conversation with Emmitt Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos' running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page Check it out again. Tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. Cleveland, this week in history. 1847. George Wachon. 428, 1847. Became the first black to enter the first black man to enter the New York State Bar. That was 1847. 428, 1971, Cleveland, Samuel Lee Gravely appointed as the first black admiral in the U.S. Navy, U.S. Navy history, I should say. Uh, we all know, we heard about Muhammad Ali, for 28 1967 he refused induction into the u.s army and was stripped of his boxing title for his refusal to fight in the military 429 1992 one of those days that you have to remember where you was at when the officers were acquitted of Rodney King beating. And then half of LA went up in flames. You had to remember where you were at where you were at seeing that on TV, right? Do you recall where you was at the first day of the riots?
1: I was at home, Cam, uh, on my way to class. So I saw the verdict and then uh ended up in a a very philosophical, very heated discussion amongst uh, college students and professors It was pretty, pretty dramatic
0: about the same things that are happening today. Right.
1: Yes, the same, uh, yes, you guys the had the police same brutality um, with regards to it being uh, broadcast um, and continuing to give us content, as we mentioned last week. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of things have not changed since then.
0: On, that was 30 years ago, bro. Thirty years ago, I mean, and it's just wild, We always we see uh, videos of the police sicking dogs on black folks when they were protesting in North Carolina. Uh,
1: fire hoses.
0: Fire hoses. I mean, and we thought that, we thought that thing was like, oh my goodness, look at this, right? right? But that wasn't that that wasn't that long ago. Like our parents lived through that. Thirty years ago, we saw we saw with our own two eyes Rodney King get beat by seven different police officers, and then they were let off, like <laughs> they were <laughs> acquitted. Extenuating circumstances
1: that would allow for that type of action to be permissible. It's terrible. Like,
0: like that—that's just that, that was my whole thing. Is like I didn't understand why it took so long. The trial took so long. I didn't understand. I had a uh, me and this um, white dude. I was in Georgia. Me and this white dude. He said they're going to get convicted. I said they're not going to get convicted. And I, I knew we bet on the we bet on the outcome. Like I knew the results of that. And sure, it was just so. I was so heated, like at work that day. Like I think I took the next day off because it was just atrocious. And just to see, the thing I didn't like, I mean, I wasn't in L.A. In LA at the time, but the thing I didn't like about it is, is they were literally burning their own neighborhood. Is is Here in L.A., it's not segregated. You can go where you want to go. You can kind of mix and mingle amongst races because it's a melting pot down here. But the Blacks are really destroying their own neighborhood versus I mean, I don't know what it, the climate was like then, but I know uh, Beverly Hills weren't, wasn't letting you get into Beverly Hills. You weren't doing that over in Beverly Hills. You're not going – and and not only – that's like a little hike. Like, you have to have cars. You guys, like, have to have cars. You have to have gas. It's not down the street to get to Beverly Hills or go to West, Westwood, UCLA. It's not. That's not down the street. You know what I'm saying? You can go down the street and do some damage. Or go a few blocks around a corner and do some damage around your house. But to actually get in the car and go down, go uh, get on the freeway, like now you're on a mission, right? That's um, that's what it would have taken for you to get out of kind of South Central where a lot of the damage was done, sad, sadly enough. Um, but there's, there were Long Beach at the time, there was uh, Marina Del Rey at the time, uh, but nothing was going on and it really happened in. Downtown, or not downtown, but in South Central, where most of the blacks kind congregated. It's tragic, tragic. Um, but that was—it's was crazy that we still having the same discussion, the same exact discussion today, that was going on thirty years ago. Yes. Um, and then, uh, four twenty-eight, two thousand three, Andre Agassi recaptures his number one ranking and become the oldest, top-ranked male in the, hen- in the history of the ATP at 33 years old. Was on- Andre Agassi, was he better than Mackerel? No. He was not better than Mackerel? No. So well, isn't what made Mackerel famous was just the fact that he argued all the time with the refs? That team? is
1: that is the most unfortunate thing about the career of John Patrick McEnroe is that his temper completely foreshadowed his talent. He's one of the most talented tennis players that's ever lived, and far more talented than Andre Agassi.
0: Who had more number? Who had, who had more titles? More Grand Slams?
1: John McEnroe.
0: Did he? Yes. Who was the guy he he couldn't beat? You're some uh, Euro, European. Uh,
1: he he had a very difficult time beating Yvonne Lindell. Yeah, his okay. uh, rival was Bjorn Borg, who uh, surprisingly retired kind of at the peak of his career. And uh, Macron never really had a, an opportunity to face someone that kind of pushed him in the same way that Bjorn Borg did. And again, his temper uh, definitely got the best of him and overshadowed a lot of greatness that he could have had. And he wasn't really great at conditioning either. He was just a, a supremely talented tennis player.
0: Was he better than Pete Sampras? No. All right. Um, so that's our week, this week in history. Got a chance, Cleveland got a chance there to talk some tennis there. Um, Cleveland, I want to ask you about the top ten, or no, top five most impactful players in the drafts. Non-quarterbacks, non-quarterbacks, most impactful. And I'll go, I got Greg Russo, the edge rusher out of Miami. As we talked about, what, if it wasn't for some injuries, he's definitely being in the top 10. Caleb Farley, the press corner out of Virginia Tech, who uh, excels in the man-to-man coverage. Michael Parsons, I left him off our list last week. But an explosive edge rusher, uh, solid tackler, uh, and and defensive presence there. This is my list. And then J.C. Horn, another press corner. Um, Great aggressive ball skills. So out of my top five, I got three of them are corners because I got Patrick Sertain as a number one most infallible player that won't be – on the offensive side of the ball. In fact, oddly enough, all these guys are defensive side of the ball, the most impactful players. Um, What do you think about this list, and then who would you add?
1: I like your list, Cam. Um, And the reason that I like your list is because um, fans, you may or may not recall this, Um, we have actually had this conversation before with regards to um, what teams covet in the draft. And the two positions that teams miss on, but covet most often are pass rusher and quarterback. So when you talk about which players are going to have the biggest impact, it will be because of their success or their failure at that at one of those two positions. And so for that reason, I do like Rousseau on your list. I do like Parsons on your list because I feel like they're either going to be everything you thought they they were going to be or they're not going to be quite what you thought they they were going to be and that they will have an impact with regards to where you take them in the draft. Same thing with the quarterback from Alabama. Oh, boy, if you take him with the number three pick uh, one spot below Mitch Trubisky and he is not who you think he is going to be, that is going to be impactful for your franchise going forward for several years. Now, who do I think is going to be impactful in a positive direction or is not a feast or famine player? I think it's a player that's not going to the Dolphins because he just doesn't have that type of motor that you want. Cam <laughs> is a guy named uh, Chase from LSU.
0: We're going to hear that. We're going to hear that all the way through. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. April 28th. <laughs> yeah. we gonna hear that forever. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, so yeah, so did I? Did I misunderstand you? Did you say Mac is one step above Trubisky?
1: No, what I said it was Mitch Trubisky was taken with a number two pick, and by all oh. intents, it the rumor has it that this that this Alabama quarterback could quite possibly go number three. So you saw what happened with Trubisky at two the same thing could very well happen with this Alabama quarterback at number three in which case he would be the most impactful player in the draft because look who else they could have drafted and instead they drafted this dude
0: so do you go do you go with the kid from North Carolina, from North Dakota State though no. Trey Lance who do you go who do you go with that three?
1: If it's me it's Sewell
0: for the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to take a quarterback, but if your question is who's the best quarterback to take after uh, Wilson and Lawrence, I mean, I think it's a crapshoot. I don't think anyone really, really knows. I mean, hopefully one of those guys is kind of okay, but those guys play out out here in the NFC West, man, and there's no no, uh, just some guy playing quarterback out here. Yeah, Wilson, you got Stafford, you got Kyler, and whoever the 49ers want to roll out there.
0: So you're not you don't think Mac is a is the answer. You no. don't think he's you don't think he's the answer. You're comfortable with Jones. We talked about weeks now how Jones is the guy. And Trey Lance, I like I like Trey Lance. I, I like the potential of Trey Lance. Let me say that. I like the potential of Trey Lance. Because... Although he, they only played in his uh, school. They only had one game last season. But as a junior, he had zero interceptions the whole season. Zero, twenty-eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like that's playing the quarterback position. So he has he's more closer to uh, Patrick Mahomes than you're going to get. Somebody who can run the ball. Um, somebody who can move around in the pocket. Somebody who can throw. Off his back foot, so he can make all the throws, kind of in all directions. Um, he's the co- closest guy you're going to get in, the, in that position. So I would like trade. I would like Trey Lance, but if you go with Trey Lance, you're going to keep um, Jimmy G. He's going to be the quarterback for the a bulk of the season next year, and to kind of get allow Trey Lance to kind of get into rhythm. What do you think about that?
1: We'll see which direction they go, Cam. I, I wouldn't do it personally. I don't see any other quarterbacks after Lawrence and Wilson that would be worth uh, a pick that high. But, you know, that, that's up to that's up to the Shanahan's. They're giving the Shanahan's a little bit too much control once again. So we'll see so what happens.
0: What you, so what do you think about that, the Shanahan's having a little too much of control because I think this, um, Kyle Shanahan – as a head coach, has had one winning season. He's got the next best. He went 13 and 3, what, last year?
1: Two last years year,
0: two years ago. Outside of that, the best record he's been at six and ten. They went to the Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator, so he wasn't the head coach when they went to the Super Bowl, although he's calling plays. No, no, he, he was
1: the head coach when the uh Niners uh
0: No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Niners, I was talking about the Falcons. I was talking about the Falcons when he, he, he was, was there. The, okay, he, so was the the office, he, he was the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons, and then he Falcons. came over
1: to the. Outside yeah, that, well, I mean, with the Falcons, he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, and then he went over to the Niners.
0: But outside of that, he was. Um, what has he really? He had two Super Bowl seasons, in I guess the last four or five years. I guess so. That's. I guess, however you shake it out, that that's worthy numbers right there. But he wasn't the head coach in Atlanta, right? He was just the offensive coordinator. Sure. Um, he had he wasn't he the he was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Did they make the playoffs?
1: Don't recall them making the playoffs. So they, Maybe make, once, but.
0: so they didn't make the playoffs. Atlanta had this one year. Matt Ryan was went bonkers, right? And they make the Super Bowl. After that, it was downhill. He goes to to San Francisco, and they've been mediocre except for one year. When they run the ball like crazy, Uh, Jimmy G is healthy enough and wins nine games and they get to the Super Bowl. Um, Is that why you're saying that the Shanahan's getting a little too much uh, respect over there?
1: No, I mean you know how the Shanahan's operate, Cam. It's always about their system, it's not about the personnel and they figure that they can plug and play whoever oh, they would like and have the same and have the same results. It's that coaching over over talent kind of thing. That's what kind of uh, is going on in San Francisco right now. So, I'm sure that they feel they can plug in the quarterback from Alabama and have just as much success as Jimmy G. So, if that is kind of their philosophy, then I wouldn't be surprised if they took that quarterback and you know, we'll have to see how that plays itself out.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, so they're, they're over uh, – they are they have the philosophy that their coaching makes a difference, Is that's what you're saying, but you don't like it.
1: Well, you know, I, I'm talent over coaching, Cam. You're coaching over talent, so – yeah, we, we, we beg to differ on this particular subject.
0: Again, for what uh, for what Mac Jones brings to the game, brings to the table, he's a he's a game manager and he's in the Kirk Cousins mode. I mean that's not saying he's Kirk Cousins, but he's in that Kirk Cousins mode, just manage the game and make certain throws. Mm-hmm. Think that's what Shanahan's looking for. He's not looking for somebody to um, get off schedule, to get outside the pocket, to make some big plays. You know, uh, you know, he's not looking for that guy with that second, uh, second breath uh, gust of wind, if you will, where he's trying to make some plays on his own. He's not looking for that. He's looking for the guy who just, to, when he says the tight ends over the middle hit the tight drop back seven. Uh, seven steps and throw it to the tight end crossing the safety face. He wants you to drop back seven, uh, seven steps and hit the tight end crossing the safety face. He don't want you to roll out and let, this, let the safety uh, look off the safety and let the tight end get more open. He doesn't want that. And Matt, Matt Jones is going to give him that versus Trey, Trey Lance is going to roll out a little bit a few times or, or Jones is going to look and try to make a, another play. He doesn't want that. So I think that's where that fit comes into play. You you know what I mean?
1: That's fine. I mean, that's all he wants is for his quarterback to be serviceable and just kind of do what I tell you to do in a limited kind of uh, capacity. Capacity, then sure. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think you you need the number three pick in the draft for someone that can do that, but that's just Right,
0: and that's another question is is – did they need to move up that high to get him? That's uh not not you know. some of
1: that, that's all you want him to do. I don't think so. I think there's plenty of other quarterbacks if that's all you want him to do. I think Teddy Bridgewater could could have done that. And they yeah. only had a six round pick for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what shakes out. I mean, I know that I know you're not uh losing any sleep with that being your opponent there, you know, your rival in the in the NFC West. So I know you're not losing any sleep and you hope they you're hoping they go for Brown. But you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Cleveland, this this weekend man, we got the the fight you've been anticipating. Andy Ruiz against Chris Ariola. The pre single de Mayo matchup. You wanna make a pick in that in that uh matchup?
1: Gonna go Ariola, man.
0: Are you serious? Gonna go Ariola. Yeah. If Andy Ruiz loses to Ariola, I mean, his, he, he might as well give it up. Um, and we got now John Paul knocked somebody else out over the weekend. And now he's, he's signed a contract with Floyd Mayweather. John Paul, Floyd Mayweather, Inkton, in, uh, the ink uh, on the paper. They're fighting in June 6th in Miami. You going to Miami for that fight? Are you, you uh, are you your I'm pay-per-view? not going down to
1: 305, although, you know, under normal circumstances, it, it probably would be uh, lovely and wonderful, uh, and given the fact that uh, I know how this story is going to unfold, I know how the story ends, uh, it would be a lot of fun to go down there. and kind of see that exhibition, but unfortunately, I would have to miss this one.
0: How, how do you expect this to unfold?
1: Uh, Floyd with a third round knockout.
0: The Third round, he says.
1: I, and, and and I'm really actually giving that a little bit too long of a fight. Um, I I really I understand that Paul doesn't really understand what he's going up against. <laughs> um, and you know those those punches that he just doesn't see coming. Um, the first one might not hit him quite as hard as he anticipated, but the second and third ones. Will. So okay.
0: yeah. Yeah, Floyd just finds another opportunity to make about another 10 mil on, on, on a fight, huh? You right. know,
1: just, just for kind of you know showing up and doing what he does, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a, when
1: he went over to Japan and beat that dude up uh for four mil. And it, you know, and, and, they, call, and, and they
0: call and they called that one off, huh?
1: Yeah. Please please stop beating our hero like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um all right, fans, is that time again? Get the stopwatch going. Cleavon of baseball. All right, Cleavon, go.
1: You know, it's fantastic uh, that the Mariners, uh, you know, have been able to uh, be in first place for a few games. Unfortunately, they have, uh, you know, suffered a few injuries and are kind of working into getting some of their better players kind of, you know, back into the lineup and up to speed. So, unfortunately, they are not still currently in first place. However, the team in front of them, does have the best record in baseball. So you can't be completely uh, upset with regards to kind of the uh, progress of the Seattle Mariners. That
0: sure didn't last too long. That sure didn't last too long in the first place.
1: At any rate, anyways, uh, and we're also doing this with their two best players still being in the minor leagues, you know, slowly working their way up to the majors and um, I definitely do see the upside in this team.
0: You count on um, guys been, in the minor league to, for their for their production. That's what you're counting.
1: In the same way that King Griffey Jr. and Alex Rodriguez were in the minor leagues, you know, eventually so, they were going to come up and and do something. So some now things, you, right? you
0: now you're comparing these guys in the minor league to King Griffey Jr. and A. Rod. Yes, I am. Did I did I just hear you say you that? You did.
1: You did. I said very similar to Ken Griffey oh Jr. My. and Alex Rodriguez when they were in the minor leagues for the season. Hey, we're team. live,
0: right? You we're live right now. You know that, right? We're live. People okay. are hearing you say that. So in
1: three years, uh Clinic and Julio Rodriguez, you're gonna be like, wow, he Who? did say that. Who? Julio Rodriguez. You might as well get a Julio Rodriguez jersey right now. Oh Save the time. You.
0: Julio Rodriguez. I don't think In addition, that they guy. have the
1: Rookie of the Year from last year. He was coming off of injury. He's getting healthier. He's getting more swings. He's getting his timing back. It's only a matter of time before the Mariners return to kind of you know where they were previously, which is you know, <laughs> atop <laughs> the AL West.
0: Oh my goodness! Time's up. Time's up. Enough of this. Uh, enough of this time. I can. I can barely stand it. I can. I can barely stand it. Clevon, you, you got you got your mariner talking there. Cleveland, well, one, thank you for another fantastic week of the Voice of the Fans Podcast. Fans, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we have a lot of segments here. We hit you with uh Clevon. Let the people know where they can find you on social media and they can laugh at you with Julio Rodriguez. Sure.
1: At Clevey Wonder on Twitter and Clevon Steel on Instagram.
0: This is your man Cam. You can hit me. What's good in sport on Twitter? What's good in the letter in sport singular on Twitter? Voice of fans on Instagram. Give us some feedback. Let me know what you think of the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. And also want to give a shout out to the guy for HMB Media TV uh, for supporting the show. Thank you guys for chiming in. I'm about to get these guys on air here in a couple weeks, man. um, So I can berate those guys for a little bit. But as always, fans, please subscribe to the show. Rate, rate and review while you're at it. And as always, fans, thank you for making our voice your choice.
1: Thank you for making our voice your choice. (laughs) I'm not a man